Hello again. So my name is Megan Hart and I'm coming to you from the beautiful New Zealand. Today in this podcast, I'm going to be sharing with you how I have over the years learned to listen more and more to my heart, realizing that it is actually connected to my higher self and all that is, source energy and all the other loving light beings, benevolent energies that are here to guide me. When I tune into my heart, I'm able to receive guidance. And I balance this information out with my background as a therapist and my training in psychology and sociology. And I also have a master's degree in solution-focused therapy. So I offer a practical, balanced perspective on this journey that we're embarking on. And I find it helpful to provide a context for the human experience aspect of our journeys and then offer a perspective of how to live more as our our true selves, our true soul selves, which is where our hearts come in. So I look forward to sharing with you. I'm going to start off with my own personal experience of learning the way of the heart and how that has come into my life as part of my purpose and also in this first episode I'm going to share how I made the very difficult but brave decision to leave my career as a therapist so more about that soon okay let's dive in So before I talk about my recent decision to leave my career as a therapist and to follow my heart, I just want to speak a little bit about our social conditioning as human beings and how much this plays a part in how we see ourselves, how we take on different roles in the world and how it often has taken us away this conditioning has taken us away from our own hearts. So having studied sociology and psychology, I kind of got to see the bigger picture of how human behavior fits within the wider social conditioning that we're exposed to. And depending on so many different things, socioeconomic status, um, what gender you identify as, or whether you identify as any gender at all, um, your family upbringing, the cultural um, aspects to that, ethnicity, um, belief systems, religion, no religion. Um, There's so many facets to the social conditioning that don't exist when we're born and then we become programmed as we grow up. And the first seven years of our upbringing... Our brain is actually in a state of hypnosis. So it's the same brainwave state that someone goes in when they're put under hypnosis. Not many people know this. So we're literally being hypnotized into our reality for the first seven years of our lives. And the fascinating thing about this is we pick up on a lot of our caregivers ways of being so we might not necessarily be picking up on what they're telling us or teaching us or a lot of the auditory auditory programming but we're actually picking up on their energy and their way of being if they're anxious they might not be acting anxious on the outside but internally they might be they might be fearful scared anxious We'll be picking up on all of that in those first seven years. Um, if there's any other issues going on with our caregivers, you know, we're pretty much absorbing all of it. So the idea is to begin to become aware of what is my taught self and what is my true self. So the taught self is everything that has been conditioned into you throughout your upbringing and the the wider ideological aspects of what it means to be human on the earth at the moment and then all the way down so from macro all the way down to the micro levels of 
your own family environment and what messages you received about yourself as you grew up grew up so that all encompasses aspects of the taught self and through that programming people form core beliefs and the predominant core beliefs that cause us the most problems are I'm not good enough and we compare ourselves to others or you know fear of rejection um, and one of the primary conditioning aspects that humans go through is conformity so trying to fit in and not stand out because it was a, a kind of like a survival mechanism to be part of the tribe to be part of the village or the community and to be safe and housed and fed and, and looked after you needed to fit in with that community so our original um, reptilian part of our brain is very wired to conform so there's the human physical aspects of the taught self as well so you might be wondering well what is the true self if it's not my conditioning and who I was taught to be as I grew up what is my true self so the true self is the soul aspect the energy part the essence of you the spiritual nature some people you know call it their higher self some people call it source energy that they're connected with some people call it yeah their spirit their essence their unique soul signature there's so many different descriptions for who you truly are at your essence and I have come to the understanding over many many years of living on this planet and studying not only mainstream tertiary education around psychology and sociology but also I've spent the past seven or eight years studying spiritual practices and energy teachings and I've come to understand that our hearts are where our soul gets in so to speak. Our hearts are like the doorway or a portal to our higher selves and source energy or all that is. So our hearts act like the radio receiver transmitter to our higher selves and our true selves can be found in our hearts it, sometimes it's hard to try and reach who we truly are we feel separate from our soul so we have the what I call the loudness the uh, so sensory being a human is such a sensory experience that the taught self is very loud, it's very apparent, it's very visceral, it's very part of our experience. And sometimes it's tricky to feel into, well, who am I? Who am I truly? Who am I at my essence? Who is my soul? Who have I been in other lives? What wisdom have I mastered in other lives that I can bring into this life that I may not even know about? And the answer is, it can all be found within your heart. So becoming more heart-spoken is, it means the same thing as becoming your true self. So we're going to talk about that as we go as well. And that's been part of my journey is to become increasingly aware of the taught self and all the aspects of the taught self, plus my own physiologic, phys, sorry, physiology physiology as a human being with a physical body and my physiology just so happens to be highly sensitive so I have a structural different difference in my prefrontal cortex where I have sensory processing sensitivity and 15 to 20 percent of the entire population of humanity have this so I'd be interested to to hear from you if you identify with any of those traits that come with that so just a quick overview of, of that so people in any given environment tend to be able to attend to just bite-sized pieces of that environment so they shift their focus to one 
part of the jigsaw puzzle, one piece of the jigsaw puzzle, and they can pay attention to that and let that information in to their to their mind and process it and make sense of it, and also all of their senses, their sight, their hearing, their uh, <clears throat> smell and taste and everything. And then people with sensory processing sensitivity have a structural difference in their prefrontal cortex, which means that when they go into any environment, they are taking in absolutely everything in that environment all at once. They find it very, well, we find it very difficult to only attend to one aspect of it. So we take in the whole jigsaw puzzle and we take it in at a very intense level, a very deep level, and we feel it viscerally in our bodies. So we're aware of subtle differences in the environment that other people might miss. Um, we're very, very highly aware of how other people are feeling and what might be needed in that environment to help someone feel more comfortable, for example. We're deeply moved by our senses, so beautiful works of art, beautiful vistas in nature, beautiful music, we feel very, very deeply. It is estimated that we feel our emotions five times more strongly and five times longer than 80% of the population. So there's lots of beautiful aspects to having sensory processing sensitivity. But there's also a few challenges that come with that, such as getting overwhelmed easily, getting overstimulated easily, running out of fuel easily. So when I say fuel, I mean we all have a fuel tank made up of our psychological and emotional resources. And someone with sensory processing sensitivity uses up a lot more fuel in just normal day-to-day -day life than someone without that. So... I've become very familiar with my unique physiology as a human being which makes up part of who I am and there's aspects to that that are part of the taught self but there's also aspects to that that I can tap into and utilize as my true self. Being highly sensitive really really helps me in the work that I do as an intuitive practitioner and spiritual mentor it helps me in my writing I feel like I'm channeling a lot of the things that I write and share and sharing from my heart I can feel it viscerally in my body when I'm sharing from my head and my knowledge and when I'm sharing from my heart and you'll likely hear me switch in and out of my head my mind my knowledge base that I come from in the past and when I switch into my heart and almost start sort of channeling straight from my higher self. So just be curious as you're listening to feel into whether you notice me switching in and out of my head and my heart because it will help you to become aware of when you're doing that in your life and feel into what feels more expansive and more enjoyable for you as well. So the reason I'm drawing on my knowledge in this podcast series is because it is helpful to have some basic context to what we're talking about. So the psychology aspect and the sociology aspect. When we're talking about the taught self, it's really important to understand how the taught self is actually formed. And then we can go and launch into, okay, well, what's the true self? And how do I get into my heart space? And how do I become more heart spoken? so that I can become more magnetic to the people and the places and the experiences that are inherent to my highest potentials. So why on earth would someone go to university for seven years and spend tens of thousands of dollars on their education so that they could have this amazing career as a therapist to then at some point in the future decide, not in the too distant future by the way, to leave that career and to follow their heart without any assurance of an income um, or any financial backing to stand on. Why on earth would someone decide to do that? 
So to answer that question, I need to take you back in time to when I was a very little person and to share with you some of the experiences I had, some of the spiritual, soul-based, heart-based experiences I had growing up to help you make sense of this journey and where it's ultimately led me to setting myself free and following my heart. So when I was very small, being a highly sensitive child or a child with sensory processing sensitivity, I was acutely shy and was very overwhelmed by crowds of people, groups of people, even having visitors at home, even if there was just one or two people, I'd go and hide. And it was, uh, I just preferred to be outside in nature and playing with animals by myself. Um, yeah, I'm sure a lot of you can relate to that. So when I was quite little, I remember having these experiences of almost like I think some people feel like they have an imaginary friend that they chat to, but for me, it wasn't a person as such that I was chatting to. I just felt incredibly connected to everything around me in terms of life force energy. And I knew I wasn't alone. Even when I was by myself, I I'd never felt alone. And I'd have these little chatterbox experiences where I'd just be chatting away to the energies around me particularly when I was in water and having a bath I'd be in the bath for as long as I possibly could and I'd just be singing and talking and having all these conversations with the energies around me and when I was with animals you know it felt very present as well this just huge sense of heart expansion and warmth and connected to my soul and source energy but I didn't have words to describe it back then I just knew how it felt and I remembered how, how it felt. I was also one of those kids that have very, very early childhood memories. I can remember being in a pram in a push chair and being tiny. And, you know, I can remember the rain falling down on my little plastic covering that was over the pram and being snuggled into my sheepskin and just feeling safe and cozy and warm and very very early memories I was aware of absolutely everything in my environment as I grew up so as I got a little bit older these innocent experiences of feeling connection and sense of you know spirit or source or energy around me started to turn into more visceral messages of I felt this massive calling on my life so I felt I had this big mission or purpose that I was here for it felt enormous to me and there were various experiences in my life where someone would look at me someone with a lot of spiritual um, knowledge and wisdom and they were very tuned in themselves and they would say oh you're going to help so many people. They could just see it in my eyes. You know, I'd get all these kind of messages through other people. And it was both exciting and terrifying when those moments happened because I was so profoundly shy and so profoundly sensitive. And I wondered how on earth I was ever going to help all of these people that I was feeling called to help. And to make a very, you know, to make a significant difference in the world. I just felt this huge sense of purpose. And I know many of you listening can relate to that as well. So as I got older, uh, as you know, I ended up, you know, going to university. And I, I didn't go to university until much later in life because I really struggled through school. It was overwhelming. I didn't my grades didn't reflect my true abilities because I was just totally overwhelmed by my environment so it wasn't until I had kind of been hiding from the world for a certain period of time I actually went farming of all things because <laughs> it was 
my safe place. Nature and animals were my safe place. So I went farming and the calls just kept getting louder and louder that I had to go and live my purpose and follow my heart. And my soul had all this work it wanted to do and a lot it wanted to share. And I couldn't do it if I was hiding on a farm. So eventually I went to university and it was pretty amazing. Um, I fell in love with learning and I did a whole lot better than I did at school. I uh, got really good grades. But there was this I there was this kind of constriction to my experience. So I was doing what I thought I should be doing and I was taking the safe road of okay if I want to help people then I can be a counselor I can be a therapist I can train in that way so it was a safe way of kind of almost living my purpose by helping people but I would be locked away in a room working one-on-one -on -one, one person at a time so that's what I did and I studied probably more than I needed to because I had the I'm not good enough core belief from my upbringing and I was over studying like seven years and um, spent so much money on my my study which I which took me 20 years to pay off <laughs> um, and with my over qualification off I went to become a counsellor and work in mental health and work as a therapist so it was okay for a few years. I was feeling like I was making a difference. I was helping people. The master's degree I did in solution-focused therapy was very, very effective because it's all energy-based in terms of where your focus goes grows. So we focus on positive psychology, what works, what's right. We focus on people being whole, not broken. Focus on helping people tap into the resources they contain within them that they may have lost sight of their own strengths their own wisdom their own intuition their own guidance and that was all in resonance with my soul with my essence so that all felt good so that worked so that was fine however after a number of years I started to notice that I just felt really stuck I felt constricted I felt small I it just wasn't feeling right and I tried several different roles I even tried working as a manager branch manager team leader uh, supervisor kind of did what society conditioned me to do in terms of working my way up to the top and all of the taught self aspects of that like I'm I'm proving to myself I am good enough because I've become a manager now and you know it just fell flat against my spirit it the the taught self aspect of it the human aspect was oh I'm so proud of myself look what I've achieved but in my essence in my spirit no it, I, it was just still feeling very flat and constricted so over time I found different ways to create more autonomy and more flexibility and more freedom in the way that I practiced. So I found workplaces that worked holistically. I became a contractor, so I was in charge of my own hours and was technically self-employed. And I realized that this was just my way of safely trying to maneuver my way out of the mental health system and to find my way to complete autonomy, spiritual sovereignty, freedom. The problem was that I didn't know exactly what my soul wanted to do. I knew it was big, I could feel the bigness of it, but I didn't have any details of what I was going to be doing and how I was going to be doing it. So to leave my employment altogether and to start my own business without knowing the detail of what I was going to be doing was just this enormous giant leap that filled me with fear 
So I kept putting it off and kept putting it off until one day I got sick and really suffered with this condition that wasn't very pleasant and I won't go into the details because it's not necessary to know the details and um, it was a massive wake-up call that I was absolutely neglecting myself and abandoning myself and putting myself last and I know a lot of people can relate to that especially highly sensitive people because we are so aware of everyone in our environment that we don't feel okay unless we know that they are okay and it's a precarious way to live because people aren't okay 100% of the time and if our being okayness is reliant or dependent upon everyone else being okay, then the amount of time that we spend feeling okay is very, very limited. So that was part of that experience as well. And I'd been putting everyone else first, all of my clients and my partner and animals and other responsibilities putting myself last, neglecting myself, not listening to myself, abandoning my spirit and doing all the sensible things I thought I should be doing. So then, yeah, as I mentioned, I became unwell. That was a huge wake-up call. And next I'm going to talk about how I navigated that wake-up call and how I eventually found my way to total freedom. So the journey of finding my way to freedom took me two and a half years. So during that two and a half years, I was learning how to really tune in to my heart and my higher self and my soul, my spirit, and zoom out, pan out from the smallness of the human experience and take a wider more expanded view of my soul's journey where I knew inherently that I have been a, a soul or a, an energy or a piece of source energy for an incredibly long time and I've led lots of different lives and I believe in multidimensionality where we're actually having multiple lives at the same time which is hard for us to get our minds around but there's a lot of wisdom that can be drawn on with the lives that you're connected to in other dimensions. But we can talk about that in another episode. <laughs> the journey of me finding freedom was to, like I said, expand my perception out to the bigger picture of who am I as a spiritual being? What is the frequency my spiritual being chose to experience in this lifetime, in this human experience? How do I allow myself to move into that and align with that? So a lot of the journey was unlearning the human conditioning, unlearning and unplugging from the taught self. I questioned everything, I stepped back and I said why do I think that way, why do I put everyone else first, why am I doing the sensible thing or doing what I think I should be doing, why do I care so incredibly much what other people think of me, why are other people's perceptions of me almost dictating my choices in this life. How can I release or relinquish the hold that has over me? How can I set myself free in multiple ways? So it was a process and a journey of unlearning and allowing in that wider, more expansive perception of being a spiritual being, having a human experience. So at a spiritual level... I would describe my energy as this big gentle blanket. <laughs> it's huge, it expands a vast area, 
but it's really gentle and what it can do when I set it free and align with it is it changes environments so I can walk into a room and kind of be the rising tide that lifts all boats in the room if I'm working one-on-one with somebody and I'm holding my knowing of that person's wholeness as an energy container it's much easier for that person to step into their own wholeness because they come into resonance with the energy that I'm holding for them. So getting to know my energy has been fascinating and my little human taught self has actually been quite scared of my big energy energetic self because I feel the bigness of it and we're taught that part of our conditioning and part of my conditioning with being brought up in a religious household was that the power exists outside of you you know through the mechanism of what we've been taught as God and we're humble little powerless beings that um, have to kind of um, so be submissive in a way and humble and um ask for forgiveness you know we're born as sinners and we're that conditioning has been an interesting one to move through and navigate through and release and part of this journey has also been learning and letting into my awareness my own spiritual wisdom around the fact that everything is connected If there is a God, God is absolutely everything and everyone and God is love and compassion, like universal love, universal compassion, not the human versions of those things. So there's a lot of dissolving that goes on on this journey. When you decide to set yourself free, it really is a, gosh, it's so hard to articulate, it really is a individual process of you coming into alignment with your higher self, your soul, your energy, learning what your unique soul signature frequency is. Like if you had to describe your spiritual essence, how would you describe it? What do you know about yourself so far? If you were a song, what song would you be? Not your personality, but your spirit. What? How do people describe you? How do they feel your energy? How do they, do they say, oh, you make me feel so understood or heard or nurtured or loved or accepted or, oh, you lift my spirits. You're just such a joy to be around. You always make me laugh. No, these are all clues that we are given from other people about who we are at our essence. So the journey of setting yourself free is realizing that you're not your human taught self. Not only are you that, you are also spirit, soul, energy, uh, connected to source, multidimensional, whatever you identify with, you are also that. So you as your wholeness is when the two of you, the human and the spirit, come together in alignment and the parts of your personality or physiology that are wired for your highest good so to speak so for example my sensitivity has some challenging aspects to it but the parts of it that are really helpful for the work that I do you can tap into those aspects and call in your soul, call in your higher self and call in your connection to all that is and source energy and say I actually want to get to know my soul better, I want to get to know what it feels like to be guided by, because we all have guides, we all have you know as a spiritual being here on earth having a human experience we came in with helpers because it's such a difficult journey this particular journey so be curious about who's helping you who's in your team how you experience guidance do you hear 
phrases, songs, um, words as kind of nudges? Do you feel guided in your body? Do you know when something feels off? Do you know when something feels right? Do you have the visceral experience of constriction or expansiveness within your body? So that can tell you when something's wrong or right or good or bad. Do you have really vivid dreams, lucid dreams, where you feel it was almost like it was real? You know, there's all these different ways that our soul, our higher self and our guides are attempting to reach us and guide us. So that was my journey of learning how to set myself free. I was I spent two and a half years in the more holistic contract work, phasing out of the mental health sector, whilst questioning everything, becoming curious about everything, and tuning into who am I at a spiritual level, at an energetic level, getting to know my unique soul signature frequency. I'm still getting to know it, but I was, you know, really intentionally starting to get to know it during that time. And unlearning the human taught self aspects. Like, I am done with doing what I should do. You know, shoulding. Stop shoulding on myself. I'm done with doing the sensible thing. I'm done with having to prove to whoever else that I'm taking the most rational approach. I don't need another job to before I quit this job. I don't have to be in a state of fear and worry constantly about finances in the future and saving for my retirement and, um, you know, buying a house, selling a house, being on the property ladder, working an eight-hour, ten-hour-a-day job, um, trudging on the hamster wheel of life. That None of that makes sense to me. I don't need to explain myself anymore. I'm feeling this particular, you know, I'm feeling directed to go in this particular way. I'm feeling guided to, to take this action or make this decision or look after myself in this way or get to know myself in this way. So it was very much a journey of tipping the balance is how I would summarize it. So the taught self was running the show, which is why I got sick. I was doing all the, all the social conditioning parts of being a human, taught self was dominant and then through during the course of that time I managed to tip the balance towards my true self, my heart self, my soul self where I started to let that part of me make the big decisions in my life and that part of me was saying it is time to resign from your career, it is time to retire from your career as a therapist and a counsellor. That is not the work you came here to do and I knew that in every cell of my being and I'd been ignoring it and that's why I got sick. I created a sense of dis-ease in my body and then disease manifested. So my true self said let's resign, let's retire from my career and my practicing certificate in New Zealand, we have to have a national uh, registration process for being a therapist or a counsellor. And my practicing certificate was due to expire in June 2022. So that was my cutoff date. So next I'm going to share what happened as, as we led up to that time. And as I led up to that time with my new connection with my heart and my soul and my team and what I've been doing since then. Alright, stay tuned. I don't know if you've ever had the experience where you're about to take a giant leap and listen to your heart or your soul or your intuition or your guidance. And just as you're about to take the leap, a big wave of fear comes flooding up to the surface like the old taught self patterns and the fear and the sense of constriction just get really really loud just before you take the leap 
Have you ever experienced that? <laughs> well, that's what happened to me in June. Right before my practicing certificate was about to expire, I felt huge amounts of anxiety and worry that I was about to give up my my career, my meal ticket, my sense of safety, my identity in the world. Because as we know, being a human being, whenever you meet someone new, they say, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm a therapist. And that's how every how every conversation gets started. And who am I if I'm not a therapist? How do I explain who I am? And as human beings, being solely identified with all of these roles that we perform, our job, our career, whether we're a mother, a father, a son, a daughter, an uncle, an aunt, a sister, a brother, uh, whoever, a niefling, <laughs> um, who are we beyond these roles? If we let go of the, any of these roles, who are we? How do we, who do we know ourselves to be? So that was a wonderful opportunity for me to really dig deep and dig high and dig in both directions, dig deep into my my courage and my heart and dig high into my higher self and my soul and source energy and just believe that if I'm taking this leap, if I'm letting go of seven years of training and a whole lot of identity attachment to this role as therapist, there must be something pretty awesome on the other side that's waiting for me. Having that absolute faith and trust and deeper knowing that if, I'm, if this is feeling like the right thing to do deep, deep, deep down, it must be because it is. And often who we truly are can't come in until we've created space for it. So when we let go of something, we're creating space for more of who we truly are to come in. So this was my anchor point. This is how I kept myself moving through that period of time without completely being overcome by fear. So June came and went and I've had some really interesting experiences since then. So once I was completely free, I was like, right, okay, well, I want to create my business now. And I don't like calling it a business because I just don't like that word. But it's, here's what I'm sharing and offering. Here's my contribution. Here's what I do as a job or for work. But even the words job and work don't resonate for me anymore. It's, this is who I am in the world. And this is the value I bring. And then any money that it, that is exchanged is an energy exchange for what I offer. So that's, if there was a word for that, that would be great. <laughs> so perhaps it's our spiritual mission or our spiritual purpose that we're living. We, perhaps we could call it that. So as I was stepping into that, what I noticed is old patterns popping up where my mind and my taught self wanted to take over the process and strategize and plan. And my mind was saying, oh, well, you know, like, you know how to do this. So why don't we just do this in a more um, holistic way? So it was trying to convince me, my mind was trying to convince me to be a holistic therapist where I was still doing pretty much counseling work, but just adding on the spiritual aspect to it. And I started working with a graphic designer and I got a logo designed and I started doing social media ads and I just, the whole time, I just wasn't feeling excited. I wasn't feeling, um, I just wasn't feeling it. And it's like, what is going on here? You know, I've set myself free. I get to work more holistically. Why isn't this lighting me up? And my, I do a daily, um, practice where I channel my higher self and I sit down first thing in the morning when I'm closest to my intuition when we first wake up we're usually our most connected 
and I get a big piece of paper and I divide it into two columns just put a line down the middle of the page basically on the left hand side I ask my taught self what thoughts it's having and and what fears or worries or concerns it's having and I write everything down until I've exhausted it and by doing that I'm, st I'm creating distance between those thoughts and my observer self so that I'm not becoming those thoughts immediately I'm observing them from a neutral place I'm not judging them I'm just like oh that's interesting I didn't realize I was worrying about that or didn't realize that that was really weighing on my mind and then on the right hand side of the page I say what does my heart wish me to know and when I ask my heart I'm actually asking my higher self and my soul and source energy and any helpers that are present because they all come through the doorway of my heart so what does my heart wish for me to know about all of this that I've just written on the left hand side of the page and this beautiful soft gentle voice comes through so loving and just so gentle and so beautiful and it just puts everything into perspective it kind of pans back out to that more expansive view of me being a spiritual being having a human experience and it says sometimes it calls me young one even though I'm not that young anymore and it says young one you know deep down that this is not what you want to be doing doesn't that's not a an actual example but it's that kind of voice of deep down you you know you're you're more drawn to do this and that and the other thing and I took this this practice you know the the, the end of that story was that I, I stopped um, trying to run the show with my mind with my knowledge with my past experience and my taught self and be a, pretty much doing the same thing I was doing before but just in a more holistic way it just wasn't resonating so I stopped and I gave myself permission to not do anything to I was putting so much pressure on myself to put something together and you know there's the financial pressure too well how am I going to generate any any form of income um, and I just said no I, I actually just need to learn a whole new way of being I need to let that journey where I tip the balance over into my true self my heart self my soul self I need to let that become more established I need to feel like my heart is running the show you know it is my primary source of guidance and is making all of the decisions and is my creative director in my life and I still hadn't become consistent enough with that yet so when I was faced with total freedom my mind wanted to take over Next I took that beautiful practice where I was channeling my heart through automatic writing and I started writing a book and the most beautiful experiences started occurring for me where I actually felt what it felt like to purely channel from my heart, my higher self, my soul and any other energies wanting to work with me and I had this experience where I felt this energy coming through me that wasn't just my own heart but it was a collective heart like a one heart, like a unity a unity consciousness energy that manifested in the form of heart energy and it was just so incredibly humbling and powerful and moving like it just brought tears to my eyes how beautiful and compassionate and oh, it just activated me it opened my heart it brought me into my center and the words that were flowing through me I just couldn't believe it was like wow it's incredible and anytime I leave the writing for a while and come back to it you know, a few days later a week later and I read it again I'm so profoundly moved by what I've read that I know 100% with 100% certainty that it just did not come from my mind 
and most likely didn't come from me. It's a collaboration. So this is the beautiful experience I'm currently on where I'm learning how to collaborate with energy more and more and learning that the my unique soul signature frequency is all about connection, community and collaboration. The three C's is a big part of my mission where it doesn't serve me or anyone else to restrict myself to one-on-one -on -one work whole you know all of the time I can do occasional one-on-one -on -one work but my soul wants to create a community my soul wants to collaborate with other energies and bring them through and to share them more widely my soul wants to feel the connection that uh, that is that is that is everything that is all of creation so this is where I find myself in this present day and we're heading towards the end of the year now in 2022 so depending on when you're listening to this a whole lot more may have evolved for, for me from then or I may be you know if you're listening to it around the same time as it's posted it'll be that, that's where I'm at now so our journeys on this earth are a continual evolution and we're here to be open to be curious and to learn how to allow who we truly are to move through our hearts into our physical human lives it is the original design that we were given as human beings we were designed to live in alignment with our minds, our bodies, our souls, our hearts, all lined up in that same frequency. We were designed to live in a state of flow, a state of peace, a state of connection, a state of synchronicity where everything we need comes into us, is magnetized to us right when we need it. We're designed to live a life of freedom, abundance, abundance in terms of having what we need when we need it doesn't necessarily have to be about money and we are designed to each play our unique instrument in the orchestra of life so if you if this resonates for you and you're excited by this type of journey i invite you to join me and join, subscribe to this podcast series because as i evolve and grow i'm going to be sharing what I'm learning and how I'm expanding along the way and what would be wonderful is if we could learn together and expand together and grow together. At the moment I have a website called meganheart.com megan with two e's m-e-e-g-a-n heart.com where you'll watch me if you're interested you can come and watch me grow and expand as I do so the website is currently set up to do that more one-on-one -on -one work that I was originally looking into but it will expand and it will change and it will become more of a community so watch this space and come join me and I'd love to be a part of your journey and your expansion in whatever way shape or form that resonates for you all right lots of love <laughs>